Yes, hello there and welcome to Join Up Darts. This is an archive show, which means that I'm not here at the moment, but it's, it's all pre-recorded. But it does give you just a glimpse of what's been happening on the iTunes number one business entrepreneur show since we launched. Now, this show is different and you'll hear laughter, tears, shocking stories, real life turmoil, and of course, the kind of success blueprint that will change your life forever. If you want the dream life, then all the answers are here. Now, these are the old episodes, so to get right up to date listening to the latest stuff, then simply search Join Up Dots, click subscribe, and never miss an episode again. And of course, over at joinupdots.com, you can get instant access to our free 12-day podcasting course or loads of amazing free downloads to kickstart your own entrepreneurial journey, all made by my own fair hand. So let's get on with the show. You've got a lot of catching up to do after all. Enjoy. When we're young, we have an amazing positive outlook about how great life is going to be. But somewhere along the line, we forget to dream and end up settling. Join Up Dots features amazing people who refuse to give up and chose to go after their dreams. This is your blueprint for greatness. So here's your host, live from the back of his garden in the UK, David Ralph. Yes, good morning to you. How are we, everyone? Um, yes, I am still in the back garden, um, doing my shows, loving my life. But I'll be honest, I've got a lady on today who is in a much better place. It's about the fifth lady that I've spoken to who live in San Diego, California. And what a life they must have out there, running around in bikinis, drinking margaritas and just having a kick-ass time. Well, let's find out if all those things are true or it's just my mind, the way the UK UK guys' minds work, because this lady is somebody who believes that great people are not those to whom rainbows are delivered, they are those who value rainbows, sun and rain. It's the contrast of life that makes a life, and it's within these areas that we can develop our emotional intelligence to understand why things are going well, but not beat ourselves up too much when they aren't. But how do we get to that point? How do we give ourselves the best chance to become more rounded and understanding of the situations that we find ourselves in? Well, in short, our guest believes that we need to go back to assess the fact that we spend so much time as a child learning about things that are nice to know but actually do not help us in the real world. Where are the true life skill lessons that some of us miss out on but are so vitally important as we strive to create the life of our dreams? She's a social entrepreneur, creator of the Life Skills Report Card, founder of the International Consciousness Movement, Parenting 2.0, and author of Kissing the Mirror, Raising Humanity in the 21st Century. And of course, she's my 97th guest. We have a lot to discuss, so let's bring on to the show to start joining up dots, the one and only Marlene Cover. How are you today, Marlene? Wonderful, David. I'm so excited to be joining your show. They're just so terrific, as are you. Ah, you're, you're the nicest person I've ever spoken to. I'm, I'm actually going to record that and have it on my wife's bedside cabinet. So... <laughs> Every morning, your voice is going to say those things, and she'll realise she's losing me. You see, that's what we're going to do. So, it is my image of San Diego because I spent a happy day walking around San Diego many, many years ago, and I don't remember a great deal of it, other than kind of having a vibe that it was almost kind of a villagey kind of feel. There was a lot of grass and and sort of um, it, it didn't feel like a city. For our guests who haven't heard of San Diego, just explain what, what your life is on a daily basis. You know, it really is. San Diego has one of the best temperatures in the world, and it has 26 miles of coastline. 
beautiful surf and waves. So if somebody is going to make, they've not been to the U.S. or the western United States, people often go to San Francisco or Los Angeles. I'd say skip Los Angeles, go to San Diego. It really is a paradise on earth. I spent a few days in Los Angeles and if anyone is listening from Los Angeles I love you and please keep on listening but there was a lot of nutcases around there there was um, a lot of very strange people sort of walking around shouting at themselves and stuff it was it there, there was a kind of fruitcake vibe to LA that I haven't experienced in many cities in America well, I may be the fruitcake in San Diego, so I don't want to disparage any fellow fruitcakes. Uh, mostly, I was speaking from the, the 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 pollution factor. It really, with so many individuals and the and the way we care for our planet, it, it's it, you know it's quite polluted in in Los Angeles. So, from that perspective, the you know our our beautiful planet and the ocean and the sky is just so much more in its pristine state in san diego so i would encourage people to uh i love my fellow los angeles uh, as well and most of them would also say hey i'm going to go to san diego <laughs> you are so tactful it's something that i've got to learn it's a skill that i haven't mastered so if we actually jump into your life i want to get a flavor of the true life skill lessons because i reached out to you because i saw you on linkedin and i was in conversation with a chap the morning that I reached out to you and he was um, well he is he's a, a maths professor in a school in Virginia and he was saying that it is vitally important for people to get an education that isn't just about what the Romans did many many years ago it's about what life is gonna throw at you is that something that you've always thought was true or did you have a moment when you realized that hang on we're missing a trick here on a global scale the I went through my own personal crises when after I birthed my second child I suffered severe postpartum depression and was fighting a lot with my husband and was really feeling like a, just a complete failure. I'd, I'd, in, in the academia, I'd actually done very well. I had a 4.0 out of graduate school, thought I was doing everything right, got married, all of a sudden we're fighting, I feel bad about myself, I'm not being a good mother. You know, pick your negative message. Didn't take care of my personal health, wasn't sleeping well, wasn't eating well, and lo and behold, my car broke down one day. Uh, and I attempted suicide, fortunately failed. But that was the beginning of me seeing life. Obviously, when you're when things aren't going very well, you start to say, "Gee, maybe I maybe I ought to be doing things a little differently." So that was the beginning of my sort of wake up call. But it was when I was raising also my children, my my young daughters, that I I, I became so aware that it wasn't only me that hadn't done well in an otherwise wonderful societal program, society as a whole really undervalued uh, what we do term life skills. And life skills in contrast to academics for, for people to be able to understand. Life skills are, are the mandatory curriculum. Those are the things you have to do every day. You, you must commune with other individuals. That's that's a mandatory assignment human beings are born with. So, and there are skills that help you do that successfully. But primarily, we do not we do not proactively learn interpersonal communication skills, conflict resolution skills. So, I was very aware with my young teenagers that wow, 
for math, geography, calculus. They have these incredible, this incredible program in place. Yes, it's incredible societal program. And permit me to acknowledge, we are very blessed, fortunate to live in in a developed country where education is available mm, to my absolutely. young daughters. Um, free education for my young my young daughters. So I'm very very grateful for that. At the same time, I was I was like, wow, what about all these other things that are really important? And and they're and the all they have is mom and dad. And I'm not a communications expert. I'm not a financial literacy expert. And yet these things are very important too. So I just became aware of the gross disparity between the educational processes of academic sports and music and the educational processes of life skills. And I really believed, uh, you know, uh, how do I, it's easy to tell someone else you're doing a lousy job, but I said, well, I need to do something myself. What can I do? to improve the educational process with my children. And that's when I sat down and I, I say that I took the skills parents teach their children every day out of the parental junk drawer and I divided them into five topic areas, personal care, organizational skills, respect for self and others, communication and social skills. So I just came up with that really as a communication tool to talk with my own teenage daughters. And it's, you know, sometimes we get lucky as parents, we, we try everything and I, I tried that and it turned out to be an amazing communication tool so I and then I shared that but so the journey was not overnight first I started as a, a really big loser <laughs> well that, that's the key and, point though because and I am going to touch back on that I'm not going to dwell too much on on your misery of that time because it, it sounded horrific um, but obviously you were not who you are now and potentially because you've had the baby and all the um, hormones and stuff going around you, it, it wasn't your natural state of mind. It was just the situation that you was put into. But when you look back on that, and that this is the moment that we call our big dot in Join Up Dots, and it has become a theme running through literally every single show, that when people actually found their path, and I, I say these same words almost every show now because there is this commonality, but when people find their path in life and they find the thing that actually inspires them and they got a passion and they develop it, more often than not, and I would say it's it's almost 100% of the time, it starts at a point of their life that was terrible or distressing or painful. And although they didn't want to go through that, they can look back at that and they go, yes, it was a bad time. I accept it was a terrible time, but actually in a funny kind of way, thank God that happened. Do you feel the same looking back on the suicide attempt and the arguments with your husband and all that? Was that really just you sorting yourself out, even if you didn't, wasn't aware of it, to actually find the thing that you're looking for? Absolutely, David. Uh, I really, I, of all the days of my life, shockingly, and I'm 55 years of age, of all the days of my life that I would keep, if I, if I could only have one, I would have that day. And I, I'm glad I survived it. I wouldn't recommend the course to anyone else. That's why I've committed my life to supporting others in the journey so it does, they don't have to get to that point. Uh, it, it can be different. We can support one another. But it did. It taught me the most. And you're so, you're so right that human beings often, it's the most difficult of circumstances, put us in touch with our, our, the, our deeper strength, our, our, our greatest self, 
Uh, and for me, I'm, I, I really felt that it was a bit like having so much in our world. We're told, do this, do this. It, we're, we're all filled with instructions. And on that day, I felt that it was as if all the post-it notes that were attached to me just fell off. And from that point forward, I, I really was in touch with my own voice, a voice that I think I had been silencing, which is often what leads to depression. We don't, we don't articulate our emotions, our feelings, and that's, a, that's something in society. We really do not teach children soci um, emotional literacy, how to express your feelings. And we want everyone to be the same, you know, don't care what your friends think. So the, the educational process in place really raises our young people to not listen to their feelings, to think, oh, I have to feel like somebody else or think like somebody else. But the reality is we are each given a hardwired uh, communication system with what I call universal intelligence or God or whatever you want to call it, just like every tree on the earth. And, uh, you, and, and crises can put you in touch with your own roots, your own strength, and then you start, you know, being your palm tree instead of the oak tree, if that's, if that's what you are. I read something once, and it, it struck with me, and I would love to know who said this, but he was saying that humans are the only ones that will keep themselves small. If you've got a, a, a cheetah, the cheetah is going to run as fast as that cheetah can possibly run. And a tree, you plant a tree, the tree is going to grow to the maximum size that that tree can grow. But humans are the only ones that will hold themselves back. And bear in mind, we are so amazing. It is a terrible waste, isn't it? And I'm seeing this more often. Every single conversation that I'm having with people are people that, A, have been through that terrible time, the big dot, and they have found their path and they're doing amazing things. And I just kind of think to myself, if we could shake up the status quo and move that contentment zone where people are just kind of plodding on from one day to another, and so everyone was doing something that was vital for them and also vital for the world, providing value back bloody hell i'm gonna i'm gonna swear there but bloody hell what a great world it would be wouldn't it yes and i think this is the biggest thing the turnaround and one that, that i personally advocate as a social entrepreneur and we have members in uh, cities over 100 cities around the world advocating the same thing we 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 do not yet know what's under the human hood we're still learning about human beings and it's really amazing that we nevertheless try to go around and tell everybody how to be well goodness sakes how can we tell somebody how to be if um, we don't even know who they are and and secondly we advocate homogeneity in a world that is defined by diversity everywhere we look everything is beautifully diverse and we allow it for some reason in fact we celebrate it in f trees and fish and fauna but when it comes to human beings we want everyone to be the same why you know we can just look at each other and see that we're we're different that it's our greatest gift so allowing that and not practicing social bigotry as i call it you know saying oh well you're doing this so, you know whether it's swearing or whatever you know, telling everybody we all need to be the same. Why? How boring would that be if we were all the same? <laughs> Does it really annoy you now? Now, now, because you've, you've got new eyes in, haven't you? You can see a world that at your darkest point you obviously couldn't see. And probably every day the world becomes brighter for you because you're on that path. You, you're doing the thing that, that fulfills you. But does it kind of 
annoy you that so many people are sort of trapped in that zone of lack of effort or not lack of effort lack of awareness of what is possible if they go for it you know i would say not so much annoyance as it saddens me it's sad to see uh human beings hold one another back as you as you were saying you know we really well why aren't trees you know why aren't human trees flourishing well so often it's because of all the negativity that's shared uh, you know, all the reprimands, we put so many, we're very critical of one another. So uh, that makes me sad. And then I respond to that sadness because there's so much suffering comes from that suffering I experience personally. So the way I respond to the sadness is to say, you know, we're all doing the best we can. Unless so- any human being is the exception to every living thing, they're doing the best they can. And none of us need to be lectured. I don't like to be lectured if I'm struggling with somebody. We need to be loved and encouraged. So my approach to life is let's just love and encourage one another. And people confuse oftentimes encouragement with condoning. It doesn't mean if somebody's shooting somebody that you say, oh, that's great, go shoot some more people. That's not what it's about. But it is about recognizing that human being is doing the best within their circumstances. And they're struggling. If you're shooting someone or killing yourself, clearly you're struggling, aren't you? So what do we need with that? How do we, uh, you know, support one another in the educational, in the life skills educational journey? Well, I'm going to take you back because we've covered that area enough. And I'm very interested in your journey. That's what the show is all about. And when I look at that list that I, I spoke about in the introduction, you're a social entrepreneur, creator of the Life Skills Report card, founder of the International Consciousness Movement. You kind of think, wow, how did you manage to do all that? I'm finding it hard enough just doing what I'm doing and you're doing all these things. What was the first step to be able to build what you've built over the last few years? You know, I think it was the educate. I think it was young, being young and having all the challenges I had. We we often say, well, why, how do you have the cake on the table? How are you this wonderful cake maker? Well, long before the cake was on the table, there was a farmer in the field sweating, growing the wheat, and cursing the fact that it wasn't raining. And so you don't get the cake on the table. You don't get the success without without the the. Co- commensurate labor and and life. So I was really learning everything I learned in my life. Many of the difficulties actually made me a more compassionate individual, one that saw all people in a loving light. And so, again, the worst day when I saw myself even in a loving light, I saw others, that really contributed to my path then forward. And and I really think that's the core thing, uh, sharing uh, believing when human beings know better, they will do better. We're just learning, and believing the educational journey of life skills warranted a more dignified process, rather than so often we say somebody does something you don't like, David, and instead of just being upset about that one thing, we practice whole person hatred, right? Like I'm really mad at him, mm. or I hate him, or <laughs> I hate my husband. You know, <laughs> he does one thing, I say I hate my husband. Like, well, you know, he just did one thing and he's trying. So learn, thinking of it as something he's learning and he has a particular competency level rather than thinking whole person, I hate him, uh, making that shift. So really switching, that, that, that was very core, shifting from a mindset that saw people as good or bad to seeing all people as learning 
that was really very core. And once I had that, it just if you have a message that resonates with others, then they want it. So it sort of became like the water of the plants, you know. The plants wanted more water. And um, but, but that's there's no, what's... But there's no getting away from the fact that when you started this, and this, this is the sort of the, the real statement of the show, you, as all of us, didn't have a clue what you were doing. Now, I've only met you tonight, but I can guarantee when you started, you had this idea in your head and you thought, this is what I want to do. It is not the end product. It's it's a small germ of an idea, and you sit there on your laptop or wherever you are, and you think, "How do I do this? What do I do?" So, what was the process for you? So, if somebody is out there who's got an idea and they're just thinking, "This is too big," I know it's going to be amazing if I pull it off, but I just can't quite grasp what I should do first of all. Is there any tips that you can give for these people to say, "This is what I did." And this is how I, I think it works best. Yes. The first thing is to, if you have a passion, if you feel that inner flame calling for anything, for whatever it is, if you feel that inner, f- find any outlet for it, anything. Don't, don't self-eliminate and, and share it. Don't put a price tag on it and say, well, I'm going to write a book, but if the book doesn't sell, I have nothing to say to anyone. Don't be dependent upon the outside world to give you affirmation. Trust that if you are listening to your inner fire, it's going and if you and you begin sharing it it whether and we're so fortunate now aren't we because we have all these groups and all these social networks so we can connect with people all over the world begin sharing whatever it is you have with like-minded people who will likely appreciate it and you know you'll probably be shocked i was shocked when i shared the life skills report card i thought I put it on LinkedIn, and I didn't know. I don't have a degree in human development, so I didn't know how I would be received. I, we have 5,000 members now uh, in, in I, I think, like 80 countries. So it, you don't know. Don't self-eliminate. There are other individuals like you that are going to love and celebrate you. Listen to that inner fire. Take the small first steps. And don't look to the world to approve you. Just just do it. Just go out there and shine your light and without conditions, without conditions. But you must have been scared. You must have been scared when you had these ideas, and, but you've, you've followed them through. And this, this is what I want to get to. How did you do that? How did you overcome those self-limiting thoughts? How did you build what you've built? How did you manage to get on Join Up Dots with me today? The self-limiting thoughts, that's such a great question because we always, I think they're always, they're ever present in our, in our brains. Oh, you can't do that. You know, who are you to do that? You're not going to change things. You know, that we all have that little voice. And I just, I think a very first step we need to do is we can't, we can't drown out that voice, but we need to receive it with loving arms. Think of like a young child coming to you saying, oh, I can't ride the bicycle. You say, yes, you can ride the bicycle, and you encourage them. Be that encouraging person to yourself. It's very natural to have uh, that, that fear voice. It's just part of being human beings. It's, it's actually the part of the brain. It's, it's our brain's default to fear, so it's good to know that. It's what's kept, kept us alive and on the planet for many, many years. The fearful people, the daisy pickers died, and the fearful ones survived because they ran away from the threats. Mm. But, but nowadays... Our, our fear brain is still overactive. So just know that about yourself. It's a natural part of being a human being. It kept you alive once. 
But for now, just just hug it with loving arms, put it down, and find a loving thought. And go with the part of you that uh, is, is going to be courageous and learn how to ride the bike at whatever age and, and whatever form the bike takes. Because it was a- it is. It's small steps that get you to success, yes? You don't just climb Mount Everest. You climb it one step at a time. And I I know I'm not original in saying that, but it's so true. Uh, Small steps every day towards your dreams deliver. I was talking to a lady on episode 88, Kathy O'Dowd, who was the first lady to get to the top of Everest from the north and south side. And Mm. she was... uh, she she doesn't want to talk about Everest all the time. And as she said to me, you know, I've only been up there for 45 minutes in my entire life. That doesn't define me. But in the conversation, the thing that I thought was amazing was the fact that she wasn't that interested in getting to the top. It was more of a process of getting to the top. It was how you can actually do that. What foot should I put here? Which rope should I hold on there? And it's a fascinating mindset shift, isn't it? That she wasn't going it's all about getting to the top. It was about actually testing herself that she's got the mental ability to be able to go through those hardships and push herself on to get to the, ultimately to the top. Yes, that's, that's wonderful. Eleanor Roosevelt has a quote, do one, or she advises, do one thing every day that scares you. Imagine that mentality, you know? I'm scared Shall every I- single day. <laughs> I am. And look- Look at this terrific show you've created. You know, I mean, th- this, is what, this is what it delivers. Face your fears. Your fears go away. Well, your fears now. For, for, for many years, I was fearless. And then once I built up a certain amount of responsibilities and financial responsibilities, I think I lost that fearless. I, I think I, I went down the corporate route for too long and I wasn't true to myself because I felt that I had to provide for the family and you know I look back on it and I think I I can't beat myself up about it that's where I was and at the end of the day I provided food and I put a roof over everyone's head and all that kind of stuff but I now know totally in the last six months from quitting my job that every time that I am scared at something and I move forward I look back and I think wow the show's getting better. Hopefully, I'm getting better. The guests are getting better. And it's all because my body is telling me not to do something that is actually going to expand me. And it took me years to realize that. I would have run away from anything frightening. But now, I actually, I, I can't honestly say I like the thought of being frightened in any shape or form. But once <laughs> it happens, I do think to myself, this is interesting. I reckon this is what I should be doing. And if you do listen to your body, it has an amazing capability of actually becoming a compass. And I don't want to be all woo-woo on it, but I do think that now. You, you listen to your body, and if it scares you, and you actually move ahead with that, I pretty much guarantee you'll look back and go, yes, I'm a better person. I've expanded. The opportunities are greater in front of me. Yes, absolutely. You know, we, we, anyone who learns to drive a car... It's scary. It's intimidating at first, yes? I mean, we can stay comfortable. We cannot learn something new, whether it's, you know, bicycle or car or whatever. But also, uh, out there in the world, socially, we're sort of driving our human car, aren't we? And, and if we just challenge ourselves a bit, give it a go, yes, you know, we learn something from it. The brain wastes nothing. No, no experience is wasted. So as we challenge ourselves and we stretch a little bit, we learn more. 
So it's, it's wonderful. And whether we fail or whether we succeed, we're learning. You said an amazing thing there, no experience is wasted. And I'm going to play the words of Steve Jobs, which I do generally around about this time, because that is exactly what he is saying in this speech, that you don't know what, how the dots are going to join up. But if you try things and you do different stuff, ultimately you will look back and go, oh, yeah, because I did that, I did that, I did that, all those different experiences, I'm now put myself in a position to do X, Y, Z. Fingers crossed, dream life. But I'm going to play the words of Steve Jobs here now. And then, Marlene, I'm going to ask you how they personally make you feel. Of course, it was impossible to connect the dots looking forward when I was in college. But it was very, very clear looking backwards 10 years later. Again... You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. Because believing that the dots will connect down the road will give you the confidence to follow your heart even when it leads you off the well-worn path. And that will make all the difference. What do you reckon of those words? Brilliant, just simply brilliant, just absolutely brilliant. We're so fortunate to have his wisdom. Why do you think they are so powerful, though? Because they are very simple, and in certain contexts, they're a bit woo-woo with all sort of karma and stuff. But there is, there, there is an honesty, there's a truth about those which resonates with us as humans. And, and that's the key term of what you, you actually answered your own question. It, it, it resonates with us. There's a heart truth. If we ask 100 people, point to yourselves, they don't point to their head. They point to their heart. There is a heart truth to what he is saying. And that is our, ulti- that is our, our ultimate wisdom. And he speaks to it, so it resonates. Are, are you somebody that follows your heart? Obviously, as a businesswoman, you've got to you follow your head as much as anything. But are the true whammy decisions, when you look back on them and you go, wow, that, that's really brilliant now, were they created by the heart or the head? I began a very long time ago. Uh, there's a thing you can choose. You can, you, you can choose righteousness or kindness. And I began choosing kindness. Righteousness is really one individual story. Kindness puts you in contact with the universal story. So uh, I would say I, I am. I'm, I really, and I love what it has delivered, to be a loving person, to be in charge, with, to, to be connected to that intelligence within me has delivered me rewards beyond description. And, and what kind of rewards? Well, I never would have thought that uh, in sharing the Life Skills Report card, I would be the founder, you know, that it would become the top-ranked parenting group in a professional, you know, the the world's top professional forum, LinkedIn. I never anticipated that my book about our activism would be an an Amazon bestseller. So many things I never would have, if you're going to sit and draw a vision board, I wouldn't have even visualized it. Uh, So our potential is great when we tap into our greatest strength. Why, why do you think, though, that you wouldn't have visualized that? Because it is the things that you've created. You've gone out and done that. So even though you've done it now, you've almost got those self-limiting thoughts of looking back and going, I, I don't really know how I've managed to do that. Well, I don't. In fact, if anything, I didn't want to write a book. I thought that there's enough books out there. We're not lacking books. Socrates is collecting dust on a shelf. 
we're not lacking books. We're lacking human connectivity. So I did not want to write a book. I, I was actually, somebody said to me, it's unconscionable, Marlene, that you haven't written a book. Sort of guilt tripped me. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, you know, I felt guilty. So I wrote a book. I didn't know what, what would happen with it. So it's okay to not know. Uh, it's okay to not know how it's all going to come together. But when you do something, you, I think passion, passion is the core ingredient. Do what turns you on, lights you up, and then, you, and then the universe will inform you about the territory you have illuminated. You found the thing that inspires you. And if you find that thing, generally, it will inspire other people as well, won't it? Yes. I, I, yes, was, I was in a pub once. And it, it, I think this is one of my dot moments. And it suddenly dawned on me that when I was excited about something, the people in front of me was excited. And I was talking to these girls and I was saying to them, oh, what you should do is this and it'd be brilliant and that'd be great and all this kind of stuff. And one of them said to me, you should be a life coach. And I went, I don't know anything about life coach. I'm just saying what I feel. And now I'm on the mic. I keep on thinking back to that moment. I think, yes. A lot of the feedback that I'm getting from the show, I think is as much about my excitement being triggered by the guest's excitement, which then excites the world. And it's a knock-on effect. It's like the dominoes. And it's, it's crazily simple, but once you get those ripples going, it's, it's world-changing, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it's, it is. It's, and it's wonderful. There's so many wonderful ways to be on the planet. And we tend to squeeze people through this very narrow corporate, you know, get education, do corporate, et cetera, et cetera. But there are, you know, there are seven billion ways to be. I'm going to play another thing now, and I've started playing this as well, because I, I just love this. And it, it doesn't really have a concept of its own. I just like the message. And I'm going to play this. This is the great Jim Carrey, who you wouldn't expect to say something as deep and meaningful as this, but I've, I've played it in probably 30% of the shows from 60 onwards because I think it has, it has merit. This is Jim Carrey. My father could have been a great comedian, but he didn't believe that that was possible for him. And so he made a conservative choice. Instead, he got a safe job as an accountant. And when I was 12 years old, he was let go from that safe job. And our family had to do whatever we could to survive. I learned many great lessons from my father, not the least of which was that you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Oh, I hadn't heard that before. That is so great. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I, you know, it, it, oh, I love it. it doesn't feel it into the, the theme of my show because my show is about join up dots. But as soon as I heard that, and it was the case of I didn't expect it to come from him. But it just, it spoke to me. And I thought, once again, I thought, if it speaks to me, it's going to speak to other people. So I kind of copied it and I've started playing it. But it is a truth, isn't it? It's an absolute truth. Yes, and look how your story has manifested. When you started this radio show, you didn't, I, I venture to say, you didn't, you didn't predict how wide of an audience you would have or how you would be speaking to all the individuals you are. And in fact, you are a life coach, aren't you? Because you're facilitating the life education of, of thousands of people. How, how, how isn't life amazing that way? We, we go in a, in a certain course, and then again, the universe informs us how, how wide of an area we have illuminated. But we don't, we don't always know it when we're just following our little inner flame.
We don't know how big it's going to grow. But if we just nurture that inner flame, then life informs us, look, look at this. Scary though, isn't it? When, when you've got that little flame and that first idea, when I first had the idea of doing this show, it was nothing more than me thinking, I don't like what I am doing. That looks fun. And that was it. There was no more to that. But I knew that when I did it, it had to be something that was powerful. I wanted it to go out and actually stay in people's heads after they've listened. And I didn't expect it to be as powerful as it seems to be. I, I try my best. I try to my best to deliver amazing content seven days a week. So what Every time of the day, somebody can, if they're feeling down, they can plug join up dots on and go, yes, okay, I, that, I, I can hear the Rocky music in my head, I'm ready to go. But when you start getting the emails back and, and the comments from people and the fact that some of the guests, you know, have actually written to me straight afterwards and said, I was so emotional all the way through that, you suddenly realize that the thing that you are creating is bigger than you. And you're just, you're just kind of a, a vehicle. You're just something that channels this, this goodwill, I suppose, out to the world. And it is, it, it is inspiring, but it's also scary as well. Because every time I press record, I don't know if we're going to be able to have a conversation i don't know what you're going to say and i've done like 97 shows now well actually more than that about 105 shows and i've had one chap that i could not connect with and i think that's mind-blowing where you just turn on the mic you press skype and two people that have never met each other can have these really in-depth conversations that the world are loving as well it's amazing isn't it yes and it and it speaks to your unique flame and skills and fire because there are many people who could interview 100 people and have 100 miserable interviews <laughs> so you you know you found your calling and because you went in the path not knowing what you don't want to do is really really great information explain that for the listeners because i know what you're saying but in case they just kind of missed that go into that in more depth couldn't you marlene Knowing a direction you don't want to go in. So if you're miserable right now in your job or something, I think sometimes people tend to look at things in terms of black and white. They're not happy in their job, but they need to pay the rent. They have children they need to feed. So they think I'm stuck. Actually, what we can do is say, okay, I'm going to make a 10-month plan here. <laughs> I'm going to begin on Saturday mornings or get up an hour early each morning and spend a little bit of time, 5% of my time on my next career. Start with those small steps because the information that you do not like what you are doing is the invitation to go into your next uh, branch of being and let the, old, let the old you fall away like brown leaves on a tree. So is it as simple as if you're laying in bed thinking, oh, God, I've got to go to work, you've got to look at yourself. Is it as simple as that? Be really happy. If you're laying in bed and saying, I've got to go to work, be grateful for that because that's your body telling you, wow, you are meant for something different. So say, thank you. Thank you for speaking to me. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to begin in small steps today doing something different. What do I like? You know, follow it up with, okay, I don't like work. I don't like where I'm going. What do I like? And, and take it in small, literally small steps each step of the way and, it, and have faith that it's going, it, it will develop. That's, I learned that. I mean, I did, again, I did not know where I was headed 
And I would have said, I'm not going to do a few things, such as write a book. I would have said, I don't want to write a book. <laughs> we don't need any more books on the planet. <laughs> but I let go of that, of that uh, cognitive brain and just let my heart lead. And then, and then life sort of unfolded from there. So you have faith in that. Are you glad you wrote that book now? I'm extremely glad I wrote the book now. Yes, it's, it, uh, it documents our core message, which, which is the fact that interpersonal communication skills, they're teachable. We can learn them. We're not stuck in our relationships. We say children learn what they live, uh, and then we sort of condemn them forever with whatever their parental competencies or resources were. That's not accurate. Children learn what society believes warrants teaching them. And we can all, every one of us at any age in our life, improve our interpersonal communication skills, have different relationships, not only with others, but with ourselves. My daughter, who is now nine, when she was younger, she used to say she was Ashley Can, and her name's Ashley, and she used to say, no, it's Ashley Can. And we used to say, what do you mean by that? She said, I can do anything. And she almost drowned once because she just was convinced that she could swim before she could swim. And she would go, I'm Ashley Can, and just threw herself in the, in the pool, and we had to sort of like <laughs> dive in and save her. And now she's nine, she will come in sometimes and go, what would you like me to draw? And I go, oh, draw a dog. Oh, I'm rubbish at dogs. I can't do that. And it's amazing. Just in those few years, you can see the sort of negativity or the the need for her dad to go, no, you're brilliant at doing dogs. Go on, do, do a dog. Oh, okay then. And it, it happens at such an early age, isn't it, that, that they lose that ability to be creative in their outlook and they start following that path of it's best to just keep my head down and and stay in the herd yes yes uh for, for as wonderful as as academics are today uh and there are many children who would you know kill to have uh the the the, the privileges many of us do at the same time we have a long ways to go we we are in fact uh, uh, really reducing the creativity of children. When children start school with a certain level of creativity and inner inspiration, and by the time they come out, they don't it's they don't have it anymore. So, we have a lot of room for improvement in academics for certain. And aware parents, everything they can do to take independent time on weekends to keep that in, that creative spirit uh, ignited. It's time well spent. Just before I put you on the sermon and the mic and we send you back in time to have a one-on-one -on -one with your younger self, if you look at all the things that you have created so far, and this is going to be a double question. So the first question is, what is the thing that you would go, that's my mark, that is what I'm leaving on this world. When Marlene Cover is no more, that's what I will be remembered for. What is that thing, first of all? The Life Skills Report Card. And, and it because... We appreciate if a if a if a child is learning first grade addition, we say that that's lovely. And then the tenth graders learning calculus, it's lovely. But human beings, when they're learning, for example, interpersonal skills, we say, well, you're bad when you're at a low level of competency, and you're good when you're at a high level of competency. So we what we do is we take away, we look at it as an educational. It's a, it's a curriculum, and every level is equally valuable. And you're not good and bad people. You are an individual with a particular level of competency in, inter in, a, in a very particular skill. So that's a huge paradigm shift from the way individuals are functioning in society today. And I'm grateful that it is resonating with, with human development professionals around the planet. 
Is there still that imposter syndrome in you, though, when, when they do come to you and you kind of go, oh, it was just me that did that? You know, as you say, you haven't got any formal qualifications and stuff. Or are you totally comfortable that what it is is what it is? You were the one that created it. And if they want to ask questions, you're the woman to ask answer them. I'm very comfortable. As J.K. Rowling said, I, I built my life on the solid foundation of rock bottom. And uh, I rebuilt my life on the solid foundation of rock bottom, and and then I have. So I'm very comfortable in my own shoes. So second part of the question is, where's it all going to end up? How big can you take this? What's your dreams for the work that you're creating for the world? It wasn't that long ago that a small group of people decided that all children, not merely children of the wealthy, could have access to academic education. And when they campaigned for that and championed that and fought for that. They changed the course of humanity. I firmly believe that with Parenting 2.0 and our advocacy for changing the life skills educational process can affect equal if not more substantive social change. That is a big statement to make, isn't it? Does that that not frighten you when you think what you're taking on? Because that is huge. No. Again, I'm inspired by the fact that it doesn't take a lot of people uh, to to create massive change, societal change, but it takes but but it takes a few people who see things differently and believe that things can be done differently, and and we do. We have a great group already, and we hold the only international conference for life skills educators on the planet. And I actually believe it's merely a matter of time until society looks very differently upon it. it will become commonplace for young couples to take interpersonal communication classes before they get married rather than waiting until their marriage hits crisis state and attend therapy well let's put the music on this is a sermon on the mic and while the music is playing you're going to be transported back in time to speak to the young marlene and you can choose whatever age it could be the really young marlene it could be the one at that really bad point point in your life but if you had a chance to go back and give them some words of advice what would you say this is the sermon on the mic Here we go with the best bit of the show The sermon on the mic The sermon on the mic I think I would go back to my 10-year-old self and tell her that the world is going to tell you that there is good and bad and it's going to polarize it's going to polarize human beings and they'll battle each other but i would tell her human beings again unless any human being is the exception to every living thing they are always doing the best within their circumstances you marlene will always be doing the best within your circumstances so to everyone you know so spend your energies, if you, if you want to do something better, access someone who knows how to do it better, uh, steer your own ship, let other people steer theirs. If you are capable of supporting someone else in their educational process, lovely, but don't put other people down, don't disparage them, no one needs that. Spend your precious energy, your precious years here on this planet building people up and building yourself up and if you don't if you're and and respect that you're learning you're going failure is a wonderful beautiful part of growing it means you're learning something new 
you're going to fail. That's lovely. But if, if you fail repeatedly and you want to improve your competency level, embrace the wisdom of someone else who's been there, who knows how to do things differently. The resources are out there and you're not a bad person and neither is anyone else. Every single one of you are a miracle and divine. That's what I would say to me. <laughs> well, I hope you listened because you have got so much to give to the world. You're doing an amazing job out there. And I know there's so many parents that are going to be grateful for you and, and your scorecard and all the other work you're doing. So if they are inspired, and I'm sure they are, how can they connect with you? If you simply Google parenting, the word parenting, and then the number 2.0. Both our LinkedIn site will come up, our public website, our public website, parenting2.0.org, has downloads under the About page for the Life Skills Report Card. And anyone who's a human development specialist that would like to be involved on a professional level can also communicate to us via both of those platforms. We also have a Parenting 2.0 group on Facebook. We welcome them, everyone in all three of those forums. Well, I bet you're going to be inundated. Thank you so much for spending time with us today, joining up those dots of your life. And please come back again when you have more dots to join up, as I do believe that by joining up those dots and connecting our pasts is the best way to build our futures. Marlene Cover, thank you so much. Thank you, David, for having me. David doesn't want you to become a faded version of the brilliant self you were once. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Join Up Dots, brought to you exclusively by podcastersmastery.com, the only resource that shows you how to create a show, build an income, and still have time for the life that you love. Check out podcastersmastery.com now. David doesn't want you to become a faded version of the brilliant self you were once to become. So he's put together an amazing guide for you called the eight pieces of advice that every successful entrepreneur practices, including the two that changed his life. Head over to joinupdots.com to download this amazing guide for free. And we'll see you tomorrow on Join Up Dots.